This is episode 210 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are, Learn How to Shelter in Place, and Setting Up a Mutual Assistance Group. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Before we get started, you can make sure that you get the Prepper Website Podcast delivered to your preferred device without fail. We make it very easy for you to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or any other favorite podcast network. And if you do feel you receive value from this podcast, we do appreciate your kind reviews. Hey, before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that we did release uh, the Weekly Watchman, which is uh, a combination of a bunch of videos about current events and prophecy, and I, I do that over at Ed That Matters every week. So I did release that, and so that is available. I'll link to it in the show notes if you're interested in it. In it. I know a lot of people are. And so uh, one of the big pieces of news is going to be on Jerusalem. So a lot of people are talking about that one. But, uh, you know, for those of you that are believers and uh, you you look at Bible prophecy and that, that kind of stuff is important to you, there's, you know, that's a, a really great resource for you. So let's go ahead and jump right into the podcast because I have some really great articles for you today. I think uh, you're going to uh, appreciate these and learn a lot. The first one comes to us from BackdoorSurvival.com, and uh, again, the t- title is Learn How to Shelter in Place. So let's start reading. A number of years ago, a 6.8 magnitude earthquake hit the Seattle area. I was at work, and the survival husband was at our house in Bellevue. Right before the earthquake hit, my little dog ran up to him and jumped in his arms. Then it hit. We were lucky and suffered no damage, but my neighbor's home fell off its foundation. Our home, sitting at an altitude of 1,000 feet at the top of a hill and on a steep bank, was safe. Funny how that works. Following that event, I learned up about post-earthquake safety and, of course, a couple of weeks ago, I wrote about being prepared for an earthquake. One of the lessons I learned after that 2001 quake was that if you are safe and the authorities are not suggesting an evacuation, stay put. Your very best chance of survival is to remain in your home or your office, or even the shopping mall if that is where you happen to be. FEMA defines shelter-in-place as the process of staying where you are and taking shelter rather than trying to evacuate. Here are some guidelines from FEMA's Ready America website. Shelter-in-place and seal the room. Bring your family and pets inside. Lock doors, close windows, air vents, and fireplace dampers. Turn off fans, air conditioning, and forced air heating systems. Take your emergency supply kits unless you have reason to believe it has been contaminated. Go into an interior room with few windows if possible. Seal all windows, doors, and air vents with plastic sheeting and duct tape. Consider measuring and cutting the sheeting in advance to save time. Be prepared to improvise and use what you have on hand to seal gaps so that you create a barrier between yourself and any contamination. Local authorities may not immediately be able to provide information on what is happening and what you should do. However, you should watch TV, listen to the radio, or check the internet often for official news and instructions as they become available. There is a graphic on sealing up windows and doors and all that kind of stuff. 
uh, here in this article. You know, in the comments, someone said you, you got to be careful. I mean, you know, we as an administrator on the campus, we did shelter in place uh, drills, but we didn't do it. We didn't. Lo- I mean, we didn't seal off everything like that. A lot of the times, it was more like if there was a gas leak in the neighborhood, or, or for instance, we had a, a gas station that was across the way from us, or across the street. So we wanted to make sure that if they had a leak or a spill or whatever, that you know we would shelter in place, or and those kinds of things. And we, of course, we would turn off the AC and 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 all of that, but not necessarily uh, seal up the vents and everything like uh, like it is here. So anyway, there was a comment that said that there was a, a family that died because they sealed up so tightly that uh, that their air was, was cut out, you know. So you want to be careful on that and use a, a little bit of sense. Uh, I like the, uh, you know, you want to make sure that you are listening to the TV, to radio. Uh, but, you know, recently we talked about ham radio and if uh, the internet goes down or if, uh, in, in the in the aspect of a of an earthquake, if for whatever reason the cell phone the towers are down, then using a ham radio, I mean, you might still be able to get information that way. Shortwave radios, I mean, you know, those little crank radios that have the different band bands on there, AM, FM, shortwave, all that kind of stuff. I think that's important to have uh, when you're when you're in a situation like this, especially in an earthquake when you can have all kinds of damage that uh, to uh, cell towers and, and electrical lines and all that kind of stuff and internet. So uh, definitely information is important. So cautions regarding sealing with plastic. Although sealing yourself off can be good in situations like a pandemic or any type of air contamination, you do not want to seal yourself off for an extended period of time. There have been cases where people have sealed their space and actually died of lack of oxygen because they did such a good job of sealing and left their space sealed for too long. Having a good gas mask or respirator for each member of your family is a better solution in most cases. A real gas mask is best, but even a respirator with a volatile organic compounds apparatus is better than sealing yourself off too well. Remember that if you seal yourself off good enough for no contamination to reach you, then you are completely eliminating any airflow in the space you are in. The more people, the less hours of air you have. If you partially seal yourself off, then there is going to be some level of contamination. On the other hand, some harmful chemicals can dissipate in hours, so a few hours sealed up can help. The problem is how do you tell how much air you have? Learn how and when to turn off utilities. If there is damage to your home or you are instructed to turn off your utilities, locate the electric, gas, and water shutoff valves. Keep necessary tools near gas and water shutoff valves. Teach family members how to turn off utilities. If you turn the gas off, a professional must turn it back on. Do not attempt to do this yourself. Sheltering in place is something you can practice during good times. Sometimes people call this a staycation nowadays. Isolate yourself and your family. Perhaps just have a radio or small electronic device. You might even turn off your internet for a day. Keep a journal during this time of your experience. Now is the time to evaluate just how prepared you are and make notes of areas where you are lacking supplies, equipment, and also what is more most uncomfortable. You may discover that you have nothing for entertainment besides a few books. More extreme tests may include turning all your power off. This may inspire you to have a backup solar system or a small solar generator like the Yeti 150 or 400 by Goal Zero. It is better to realize and fix your weaknesses now 
than to find them out when you are trying to get through an emergency. So be calm. During a stressful situation, you can make it a lot worse on yourself and others by not remaining calm. If you have prepped for this moment, then you have a lot of positive things going for you. Here are a few things to remember. Breathing exercises. There are a lot to be said. There's a lot to be said for deep breath. Take a moment after you have secured your shelter and make sure everything is okay. Being on is good at times, but you need to take a moment and encourage others in your family or group to do the same thing. Realize that others are probably not feeling so great too. If you have a family and you have uh, to shelter in place together, it is important to not be quick to anger. Sometimes kids can be calmer than adults because they are younger and don't quite realize danger levels and what ifs at the same level as, a, as an adult. And that's so true. True. Uh, you know, when, when you're an adult and you feel all the weight of responsibility, uh, it's so easy to, to be at such a level where you start, you know, uh, lashing out because you don't even realize it sometimes, but you're at such a level of stress and anxiety that uh, you want everybody to, to uh, you know, to, to operate in the way that I guess that you, you are. And then, yeah, there's just a little bit of fear sometimes there because you, you care about your family. And we've talked about that just recently, uh, you know, actually even yesterday as well where you know you have that responsibility and you you really own that and you really feel that so have some easy to access entertainment choices a well charged e-reader will last for a long time on a single charge and there are sm small solar chargers or battery bank solar lanterns that can keep it topped off during a longer emergency sitting and staring at the walls is boring and there is no reason for it keep some journals or notebooks around in pens Coloring books and pencils, markers and crayons can provide entertainment and relaxation for kids and adults alike. There are some gorgeous, uh, I'm sorry. There are some gorgeous grown-up coloring books out there. What happens if the, there is a disaster and you get stuck at work or school? This is a scenario that is a bit harder to plan out, but you can be more prepared. If you have the space in your office, you might just keep a bag there with some essentials like a small medical kit, water filter, tactical pen, food rations, etc. School may be harder, but you can definitely have a few things like granola bars stashed in your pack. For younger kids, you can do the same thing. A life straw doesn't take up much space and kids can be taught to use one. Food and a water filter are not going to cause a big stink at school either. If you get your kids using a life straw water bottle during the school day, then they will just have it. Honestly, the tap water the tap water at a lot of places alone would make me think it was a good idea if kids uh, are not bad to lose one. Having a few storage containers with three to four days worth of water on hand inside can be a good idea. Even if it still needs to be run through a water filter, having the physical water means everything. All situations are unique. If you have to shelter in place but it is safe to go outside and you have some water catchment or a stream, then you can utilize your filter system. For these types of situations, a gravity-fed water filtration system like the Alexa Pure or the Hydro Blue 10 liter gravity feed bag or fed bag can be very nice to have. The LifeStraw family is another good potential filter. During a major emergency, your water may be cut off for a while. If you are on a private well, then you may have no access at all to your main water source if the electricity is turned off. 
and you definitely, if you have a well, you need to have uh, some means to get to that, uh, whether it's a pump, a hand pump, uh, whether it's a deep uh, well hand pump and they make those, or if it's just one of those uh, catchers that you send down and you have a, a long enough chain or rope to be able to send it down and bring it back up so you can uh, get a PVC uh, pipe full of uh, of water. We've uh, actually posted that before on the Facebook group because someone had a question about that. So uh, you can go check that out. So there are plenty of resources on the web that can provide you with additional information about creating a shelter in place. But for now, get yourself some two to four mil plastic and duct tape, but also a gas mask or respirator for each member of your family just in case. That plus your emergency food, stored water, first aid kit, and radio will be a positive step forward in being prepared. Also consider doing a dry run to see what is lacking in your shelter in place, in place plan. Create a shopping list of supplies that you might need and buy them as you can. An extra $10 to $20 worth of supplies here and there can make your situation a lot better than you might expect. All right, so um, you know this is one of the older articles that uh, Gay had written over at Backdoor Survival, and they kind of updated it here recently, added some new things to it. Uh, and like I said, there was a couple of comments here where people were like, hey, wait a minute, you might want to double-check this, uh, this aspect of completely sealing yourself off. You know, as I was reading it, I was thinking about, I'm sure there is a formula that you can work out about the size of the room and the amount of people in there. I know that this probably would have to do with, you know, how big people are and, and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. If they're adults, if they're kids, as far as how much oxygen they're taking in and uh, how much carbon dioxide they're expelling. But uh, I'm sure there is some kind of formula out there that will allow you to uh, run numbers to figure out uh, how much air is in a, in a given space. So I've never come across that in, in all the articles that I've uh, read and linked to on Prepper website, but I'm sure it's out there. So maybe someone, uh, if someone knows, uh, feel free to come drop me a line over at the prepperwebsitepodcast.com episode 210 or just email me or uh, if I have a little bit of time I might look it up myself and see if uh, if there is something out there so I'm, I'm sure there there's got to be something out there maybe like on a, a search engine like Wolfram Alpha might might uh, be able to, to pinpoint that but anyway that's over at backdoorsurvival.com and uh, there's a lot of Links here and good information, some graphics that might be interesting for you to come check, take a look at. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to our next article of the podcast. All right, our next article comes to us from survivalsullivan.com. And I think this is an article that a lot of people really want to, to hear and get the information from. The title is Setting Up a Mutual Assistance Group. And I think uh, Tara, who uh, has written this article, does a really great job of laying out some information. She uh, quotes Charlie Hogwood of uh, PREPS, Personal Readiness Education Programs. Uh, I, yeah, I got to meet him when he came down to uh, for the Self-Reliant Expo down here in Houston years ago. And uh, I haven't read I haven't read his book. But I know that it's uh, it's been pretty popular. Got a lot of great reviews, and so I've been looking to get to it at some point. It's just one of those things where there's so many other books that you know that you're reading. But uh, she mentions the book here in the article, 
but it provides a lot of great information. So if you're out there and you are, you're preparedness minded, you're self-reliant minded, and you're like, man, I really want to link up with other people. I really want to, you know, if, if something, if the SH, SHTF happened, if Tiatwaki happened, I want to be able to link up with other people so that we could survive, right? And this is one of those uh, articles that just lays out a lot of that kind of information. So let's go ahead and read this. And uh, But it's probably, I'm just going to tell you right now, might be one that you're going to want to revisit here later on down the road or maybe even bookmark and come back to it. But let's go ahead and read this one. So setting up a mutual assistance group uh, from survivalsullivan.com. Being a lone wolf prepper might have a few advantages from an OPSEC or operational security aspect, but surviving this way long term just really is not realistic. Forming, a joint, forming or joining a mutual assistance group or a MAG will increase the overall skill set available on the prepper retreat and allow more trained individuals to be on site for perimeter security and other work details during an SHTF disaster. I prefer to dub our mutual assistance group a tribe. A tribe is loosely defined as a division of traditional society that is comprised of families or small communities linked together by blood or social, economic, or religious ties and a common culture. A tight-knit group of preppers connected by a desire to survive during a long-term disaster seems to more than qualify as a tribe. One of my prepping pals, Charlie Hogwood, wrote the, the book on mutual assistance groups, literally. Hogwood wrote MAGS, the People Part of Prepping and the Survival Group Handbook, and is the owner-operator of the Personal Readiness Education Program, or PREPS. During a past radio show interview with Charlie, I asked him why forming mutual assistant groups are important and why so many preppers are leery about the concept. Hogwood said many folks fear that someone in the group would eventually turn on them and steal their supplies or worry others will think they are crazy for even bringing up the idea of forming a survival group. Another problem many people, this is quote, another problem many people have is just finding other people because they don't know where to look or how to approach others, end quote, Hogwood added. The preparedness instructor went on to state that MAG organizers must take the time to fully understand themselves before attempting to start a group based upon their own beliefs and concerns. Charlie also stressed that attempting to shortcut any of the processes in, involved with forming a mutual assistance group will more, most likely eventually result in a disgruntled membership and a dysfunctional organization. The questions to ask yourself and potential MAG memberships. Before forming or joining a mutual assistance group, there are some very important questions you might ask yourself, soul-searching before giving a, brutal, a brutally honest answer. Are all of my immediate family members on board with the formation of a MAG or joining one? Do I work well with others, especially when under stress? What do I have to offer by way of skills to a mutual assistance group? Will I be a good tribe leader or a poor follower? Am I committed to meeting regularly with MAG members and engaging in survival training? Unfortunately, mutual assistance groups have been known to fail when not organized properly due to a lack of commitment by members after the novelty of being a part of the survival group wears off. Rules and policies are not written and adhered to when personality conflicts and other problems arise, 
and when members do not feel their voices are being heard during planning sessions and trainings. Before you can share details about the mutual assistance group with others, you have to know firmly believe and be able to recite the answers to the following questions at a moment's notice and off the top of your head. A mission statement for the mutual assistance group should be created before moving forward with the recruitment of potential members. Such a statement will clearly define what the group is and help to firmly relay the commitment to common goals, therefore reducing any confusion about the policies, rules, and planned activities of the MAG. Some tribe include a membership oath that is repeated at each meeting or gathering to further drive home the mission and mindset of the tribe. What are the goals of the mutual assistance group? Will all immediate family members be accepted into the group when a head of the household is approved? Does this include adult children of members and their families as well? Can members recruit others on their own or speak about the group to outsiders? What does the membership vetting process involve? Is the MAG ruled by a single person or a committee? Are these positions permanent and how and or how are leadership members elected to their posts? Is there a financial commitment by members? What are the rules of the group? What infractions can cause ejection from the group? Is there an appeals process? Will ejected members receive refunds on dues or their share of stockpiled preps? Is there a geographic boundary for membership? Is there a required or preferred skill, education, or background? Is a background check or a drug test required? Will having a criminal conviction of any type disqualify a person for membership? Is a physical examination or the release of medical records required? What type, if any, of medical conditions would disqualify a person for membership? This is perhaps the trickiest, or member, mutual assistant groups member search. This is perhaps the trickiest and most important part of starting your own tribe or connecting with an existing mutual assistance group. Some mags post notices online regarding the possibility of seeking new members, but detailed information is kept private until later stages of contact with the group. The personal information seeker should be kept guarded during the initial stages of the getting acquainted process as well. For both safety and emergency response time, the search for tribe members should begin with your family, friends, and neighbors, people you already have a relationship with and a shared commitment to both each other and your community should help pave the way for the foundation of a successful tribe. Even if the folks at the top of your mags list has not labeled themselves as preppers. Sharing your intentions about forming a mutual assistance group should be done as discreetly as possible, especially in small towns where news spreads quickly. The people who will mock your efforts today will remember you are a prepper with survival stockpiles and will converge upon your doorstep either begging or armed with the SHTF. You can also join community and regional groups to network with individuals who may share common interests in preparedness and, po and possess vital skills too. Volunteer fire departments, county, regional, or municipal emergency response for trained volunteers or mounted volunteer searches and rescue teams. Become an adult volunteer with a 4-H or scouting group, Red Cross, Granger Movement and Farmers Alliances, VFW or American Legion, hunting and shooting sports clubs. Opportunities to network with other potential preppers in your region with at least some measure of privacy do exist online as well. The Mainstream Preppers Group website offers a search feature to locate other survivalists in your region. 
The Prepper Group's website also serves as a portal for people searching to form a survival group or to join an existing one. The Prepper's page on the Meetup's website also offers the chance to meet other like-minded people from your state or region. And if you are seeking a life partner to help you survive the end of the world, several online dating websites catering solely to preppers, homesteaders, and off-grid livers also exist. Types of people you should be recruiting for the Mutual Assistance Group. Medical professionals, paraprofessionals, former military medics, firefighters, medical and health field students, veterinarians, and individuals in the dental and optometry fields. Individuals with weapons training, either professionally or personally, veterans, active duty military, police officers, prison guards, law enforcement retirees, police officer trainees, ROTC students, gunsmiths, reloading professionals, and hobbyists, hunters, and archers. Farmers, gardeners, homesteaders, agricultural professionals and students, and individuals with nutrition, food preparation, and preservation experience. Farmers, blacksmiths, trappers, and butchers. I'm sorry, farriers, blacksmiths, trappers, and butchers. Individuals with alternative energy experience, off-grid livers, engineers, and mechanics. Teachers, children in the MAG group will need to receive a basic education and vocational training during a long-term disaster. Anglers and individuals with aquaponics and water management and treatment. Electricians and plumbers. Skills list for potential members in the MAG. Prospect. Prospectic MAG members may not have worked professionally in any of the fields noted below, but they, that does not mean they do not have adequate knowledge and skills in multiple categories. Firearms, tracking, hunting with guns, bows and or traps, butchering, farming, ranching and or homesteading, construction, automotive repair, livestock care, medical and or first aid training, archery, fishing, orienteering and primitive camping, off-grid living, alternative medicine, alternative fuel, food preservation, including smoking, food preservation, including smoking meat, sewing, electrical engineering, plumbing, beekeeping, candle making, cheese making, butter making, welding, foraging, shoe making, whittling, knot tying, cordage, and food fermentation. Interviewing Mutual Assistance Group Prospective Members a few good members is far better than having a plethora of mediocre folks in your tribe. Simply because a prospective member does not possess the quality skill set you are seeking does not necessarily mean their application should be tossed from the pile. Skills can be learned. If the desire is there, the proper mindset, however, is almost impossible to develop in some cases. Searching for members may, have, may be a painstaking and time-consuming task, but the process of approving applicants you do not already have a personal connection with will be far more in-depth and at least equally important. If you get this step wrong, the mutual assistance group will likely fall apart even before the SHTF. So recommended mutual assistance group interview questions. Have you ever belonged to a MAG before? If yes, why are you no longer a member? Why do you want to join a mutual assistance group? Are you preparing for a specific type of SHTF disaster? How long could you survive at your current skill level and with the supplies you have stockpiled at the SHTF today and explain why and how in detail? How many family members do you want to have join the MAG? List the age and health details of the applicants in each proposed family member. List the skills the applicant and family members possess. Distance the applicant lives from the Mutual Assistance Group Survival Retreat. After the mutual assistance group applicant has completed and passed the questionnaire stage 
and in-person or video chat should take place. When discussing the mag and the attributes of the applicant in greater detail, do not only listen to the answers the person is giving, but look for the character and personality cues that could give greater insight into the overall demeanor of the applicant. Is the applicant too timid or overbearing? Does the applicant's mindset and views on controversial topics or deeply held beliefs mesh or run contrary to those of the group? Are they truly committed to being prepared? Include the spouse and children as age appropriate into the interview process. Are they committed to joining the MAG and prepping also or merely being dragged along at the urging of the applicant? Do the applicant's answers seem rehearsed or too textbook or spoken directly off the cuff and from the heart? Ask specific questions about the skills and weapons the applicant stated on the questionnaire he or she possesses to fully determine if the indicated levels of mastery truly exist. Ask the potential mutual assistant group member about the skills he or she believes are the most important for a prepper to possess and what skills are on the top of their to-do list. An organized mutual assistance group will have a far better chance at surviving an apocalyptic event than a disorganized one. There are several different leadership and organizational styles which can prevent confusion and chaos when training for a doomsday disaster and after the SHTF scenario happens. A single leader, this style of mag management and organization works best in small group scenarios. The leader can create a committee or committees which handles assigned tasks and report to him or her directly. Council leadership. A large mutual assistant groups are often organized with a council leadership style. The council can be comprised of the found members exclusively or rotate via vote as designated in intervals. Combination leadership. A leadership and a council can both serve in a leadership capacity. Such a system would function like a town council and a mayor. An election system. Some mutual assistant groups function either primarily or entirely by majority rule. Votes on issues, training sessions, leadership positions, how money is spent, ejecting members, etc. Ballots can be cast anonymously or via a simple raising of the hand after an issue is presented to the entire group. So common mutual assistant groups committees. Food cultivation, food preservation, security, training coordinators, medical health and hygiene, energy, livestock, armory and reloading, membership recruitment and review, accounting, preparedness stockpiles or warehouse inventory, hunting, fishing and foraging, maintenance, communications, water collection, child care and sanitation. MAG member communication. Typically, mutual assistance group members live in close proximity to one another, allowing regularly scheduled meetings, work details at the survival retreat, and training sessions. A defined manner of communication with both secondary and third options serving as backup for the preferred mode of communication must be put into place to coincide not only with regularly scheduled events, but when the mag is activated when disaster strikes. Communicate via a private or public group on social media. Both Facebook and Google Plus offer three types of groups. Cell phones, groups, texting, and old-fashioned phone calling tree. Landline phone calling tree, email, ham radio, two-way radios for on-site communication, and as a relay system if members live close together in the same neighborhood or community. There are many ways to organize a mutual assistance group. Survival planning is not a one-size-fit-all kind of affair. The two most important aspects to remember, regardless of the size of the group, are organization and operational security. 
Conducting a full background check on each member at their expense is highly recommended. The submission of a recent physical or a medication examination on site and the release of all physical and mental health records is highly advised as well. Rules governing this type of allowable criminal rules governing the types of allowable criminal backgrounds and medical problems must be created before interviewing or accepting members. The rules must be the same for everyone, regardless of how well you know them. Changing the rules to accommodate a member should be a group decision to avoid the type of animosity and distrust that can kill a mutual assistance group while still in its infancy. All right. So I'm, uh, I was, well, I was kind of amazed that there wasn't really any, uh, I mean, this is a fairly new article. There wasn't really any new, uh, or I'm sorry, there wasn't really any comments in the comment section. So I was, uh, like, like I said, I figured there might be some more comments than, uh, than normal on, on here. But uh, I think this was a, a, lot to, a lot of information to take in. And it could be overwhelming. That's what I'm saying. I think you might want to like bookmark this or, or make a, a mental reference and come back to episode 210 and, and link over there and go check it out. Because a lot to think about, a lot to consider. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. if I, I know if I was linking up with other people, I wouldn't want to turn over financial information or medical information and those kinds of things. I, I just I don't know. I don't know how that would all work. But I can understand that if you were really serious about this, if people were pulling money, if people were you know, going in and buying a retreat and, and doing something like that, that uh, you know, it would be needed, uh, that information would, would kind of be needed, to, a need-to-know thing, right? And uh, so, so you're not just kind of going in blind uh, on all of that. Uh, I, I've talked to people or had communication with people before in the past where uh, they they didn't have money to prep, but they they knew how to prep and they were they were into preparedness. But there was somebody else who had money, but they just for whatever reason physically they weren't uh, 100%. And so their um, their link to this person was if you will help prepare us, if you will do what needs to be done, even come live on site. We will fork out the money for preparedness items, for gear, for this, for that, for whatever we need. But, you know, if you will be here and kind of help manage that. So, you know, that's that's an aspect of it. I, I always think that if there was a true poop hit the fan situation, that people would realize that they would need... I mean, if it got to the point where people were... Um, you know that it was like the real the real deal collapse, right? Um, that people would realize that they would need to band together for uh, mutual assistance to be able to, for survival situations. And in and in that thing, you would have the common kind of like. And I hate to bring this up because I know it's a fictional uh, fictional story, fictional TV account. And I haven't watched it in a long, long time, but something like The Walking Dead, right? You have people that start linking up together and they don't have a lot in common other than they just want to survive the zombies and they want to survive other people that are out there trying to hurt them. So I think that if in a real poop hit the fan situation, you would have that. If families were, you know, could uh, come together, that they would come together, but then other people would be joining them as well. And so I think that that happens. I think people would uh, also, hopefully they would, I've talked about this before, is the, the religious aspect of it. 
you know, that's a big, big deal. That would be a big deal for me, you know. Uh, having property, I know that we would go up to my dad's property and, and knowing that there's people that I would invite to come up there with us, um, but they would they would know it's like, hey, we are believers. This is the you know this is going to guide the way that we uh, operate, and this is very very important for us, and this is a non-negotiable. You you are not forced to convert or to believe like we believe, but you got to understand that this is going to be you know this is going to be one of the driving forces for us. So you get you have to understand that coming in, and you have to be okay, and so. That's one of the, you know, for me, that would be a big, big deal. So anyway, I don't know. I always think that uh, it's it's available to, you know, start putting yourself, you know, out there in certain scenarios. And, and there are code words that you can, uh, code words that you can kind of pay attention to and start, uh, you know, back and forth. I mean, I've done that with people before where you kind of like start, you, you hear something that comes out. Uh, in the conversation, then you're like, oh, well, you know, and then you drop something else, some other kind of uh, information, and then and then it kind of goes back and forth, and by the time you know what you're talking about, preparedness. And, uh, you know, so you can link up with people that way. So there are places online that you can do it. There are, you know, putting it in the paper, and, and like I said, uh, if that's something that you you want to do, putting it out there in, uh, you know, in the classifieds or putting it out there online, then meet someone in a very uh, public place, right? And I've talked about this just recently. I, I put back up, I used to have it on PrepperChurch.com, and now I put it up on Ed That Matters. But uh, forming a mutual assistance group around Bible study for those that are, were believers, and, and you want to start a Bible study for other people that are, that, uh, are, are Christians, but maybe even preparedness-minded, and so uh, have lists in different cities that you, in states that you can link up with other people. But you just, I, I would say, hey, go meet at a coffee shop for, for a while. You know, go get comfortable with, you know, getting to know each other. And then if things seem to go all right and things, you know, are, are, are good, then uh, proceed to go, you know, meet over someone's house or whatever. Kind of take it from there. But um, you want to proceed slowly, you know. Again, I don't know how many people would start turning over all their their information, all their medical information, all their all their financial information, and all that kind of stuff. But I can see where you're getting together, you know, slowly and getting to know each other and say, "Hey, is this someone that I could, you know, believes like I believe in, and we could prepare together? Somebody that if, if the poop hit the fan, that I would I would want to trust with." you know, my life with my family and vice versa. And, uh, you know, you never know. You might find uh, someone that, uh, that you can really link up to, link up with uh, in, in that way. I still think for the believers it's easy to do it in church and, uh, and, and those kinds of things. I think it's easy to start with people that you already know, that you already have in common. I think that's the easiest, actually, uh, is, is, you know, people that you already have a lot in common with but are starting to become aware of what's going on in the world. And so sometimes talking about current events and, uh, hey, you know, have you ever thought about if this crazy little man in North Korea did shoot off uh, a nuclear, you know, a, a, a missile with, with a warhead on there, a live warhead, uh, what that would do? Have you ever thought about that? You know, and that could start a conversation. Uh, have you ever thought about this, you know, the economy, if it starts to tank? Have you ever really thought about what you would do or, or those kinds of things? And that could lead to 
you know, conversations or even starting a garden, you know, only, you know, those kinds of things. There's just so many things out there that you can do it. You just got to take the time to start putting it out there and start feeling it and, and, and go with, you know, go with what, where you believe people are that you can feel comfortable with and you can link up with. And uh, like I said, just do it slowly. But I think this article gives a lot of great information uh, for that. And then again, if you're looking for even more, you know, other than some of the, the websites that they link that they linked here, like the Mainstream Preppers Group and the Prepper, the Prepper Groups website, uh, you can come over to Ed That Matters if you're a believer and you want to link up with believers, you can do that uh, there. Or if you, you know, you don't see... Uh, somebody in your state and you want to say hey Todd I, I am willing to uh, get together you know, with, with the other believers and maybe do like a Bible study type thing and get to know each other and for the purpose of uh, you know building a mutual assistant group you know along the lines of, of uh, belief so you can feel free to send me an email I can add you there if you if you're interested in that but uh, one, of, one of the things that's always been, this has been the, the hard topic for, uh, for, for people ever since I started in preparedness. This has been the one thing, like, where do you find the people? How do you get in touch with people? And I think this article provides a lot of information. And it's not, not specific things like, okay, we're, gonna, we're not going to get as detailed and break it down, all these questions and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know. You you might you might find you might be a part of a group who's like, no, we're going to be very very detailed, very very organized. I do you know I I do know there was groups that would get together and uh, you know the eventually it kind of just fizzled out. Um, so I understand where 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 this article is going from. Are coming from when it says you need to be very organized, things need to be laid out, everyone needs to know exactly what they're getting into. And so I think that if you link up with other people and you start to move towards that mutual assistance group mentality, then you know maybe you do sit down and say, hey, let's go ahead and put down some ground rules uh, let, that we can all agree on and, and move, you know, move from here. So Anyway, it's over, like I said, at survivalsullivan.com. A lot to think about, a lot to take in here. Uh, you know, go check out this uh, article and uh, a lot of links that you might want to uh, view and go check out some of the ones like uh, the, the, the websites that I was talking about, Mainstream Preppers Group and prepper, the Prepper Groups, and uh, see if there's, you know, an opportunity for you to link up with someone uh, to form a group where it would be beneficial for both of y'all or both of, your, both of your your groups, your families, whatever it might be, to uh, to, to band together if they're, the poop ever hit the fan. So uh, that's, all, again, over at survivalsullivan.com. Hey, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me on episode 210. I, I, every time I say, like, 200, you know, that just blows me away that we're up to episode 210. But uh, I, I appreciate you hanging out with me and, be, you know, letting the Prepper Website Podcast be a part of your preparedness. If you're looking for more preparedness information, we have a ton of it over at PrepperWebsite.com. If you haven't joined the Facebook group, I'd love to invite you to come over and join it and uh, to be a part of that. So with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace. <laughs>